Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello, everyone. I hope you are all well. I hope you enjoyed the end of your year, any holidays that you may have celebrated, and New Year's. And now we're into January. I'm not yet. I'm recording here towards the end of December. Um, I'm off of work this whole week, but I figured I would record this first podcast episode so that I'm not feeling too rushed at the beginning of next week. Um, But yeah, I'm over here sitting cozy with some nice tea, and I'm excited to chat with you all today. So this month, I am going to be talking, most of my episodes will be related to work and shifting some of these norms that maybe are not working so well for us. Um, And this is connected to something that I'm feeling pretty excited about this month. So I will be launching a workbook later in January on creating your own authentic practice. So for those of you that are therapists or coaches or you know any any kind of professional that wants to work one-on-one with clients in any capacity. Um, I'm creating a little workbook for you if you are thinking about shifting into your own practice or if you are very very early in that and still have a lot of questions. Um, over this past year I went full-time into my private practice after having a little over a year part-time in my practice. Um, And there's a lot that I've learned and, you know, in working with some clients that are doing some of that work, as well as chatting with some friends that are starting to do some of that work, it's been really fun for me. So I'm like, well, I should kind of compile a lot of these different things that I have learned so that you don't all have to spend hours and hours and hours searching for that on your own. Um, and and yes, I'm excited to work with some some coaching clients on that too. So more more on that to come, but that is kind of the theme on where this this month's episodes will be coming from. Um, and I hope that this will be fitting for kind of anyone listening um, that is in workforce or or just struggles with the norms of the workforce right now, especially here in America, but I know in a lot of other parts of the world. Um, we experience this too, right? But some of what I'll be talking about today is the kind of normal 40-hour, 9-to-5 work week that has become the norm here in the U.S. Certainly is similar to the norm in a lot of other places. I know Europe is <laughs> tends to be a bit better about this, um, but a lot of places in our world, like work is just such a priority and such a cornerstone to life. So I think that this one might feel relevant to a lot of you. Um, so yeah, this this episode is really going to be focused on why the 40-hour work week might not be working for you. Um, I know that it doesn't work for me. There are certainly some people that it does work for. Um, and I will notice that of the people that claim to enjoy the 40-hour work week. Yes, there are some people that really thrive in that space and really enjoy that space. And I also see that sometimes there are people that 
are holding these really high, like tough self-expectations that are based in these societal standards that might not actually be authentic, right? It might actually be uncomfortable, um, but you've operated for so long within this and you've equated your worth so long for this that it feels like it's healthy and it's okay. So if, if you find yourself thinking that you enjoy the 40 hour work week, I, I encourage you to just explore that. It may totally be authentic and value connected and feel totally lovely and wonderful for you. And that's okay. And you might find that there are some tough pieces within that too. So something to explore. And my main point of all of this is not that there is a right way to work or right way to have this kind of work-life balance, um, but that there are so many different wonderful ways that we can do it. And your job is to explore and figure out what works best for you. Um, I'll talk a little bit at the end, but just a little disclaimer. I know this is a hard thing to break out of in our society, right? If you live here in the U.S., most jobs that you're going to get benefits, like insurance, things that you need from are going to be based in this 40-hour workweek model. So I know that it might not be something that you can break out of right away. Um, It might be something that companies, you know, mainly need to evolve on, not necessarily something us individuals can have full control over. Um, If you happen to be a CEO and you're listening to this, I I don't know if there's going to be many of you out there, but if you are, um, take this into consideration. Um, I, I really hope that there becomes a shift, and I think they're starting to become a shift, especially after this pandemic, which has shifted so much of you know, what work means. Um, And we're not there yet. I think we've got a long ways to go. But my intention is for this to feel validating if you are struggling with this. And if you are in a place where you're considering some alternative options, right? So for me, that was um, certainly in the clinic that I was at before, I had the option of not working 40-hour work weeks. And I I didn't. Um, I did work less than that. But for me to say, okay, I, I want to work fewer hours and I also want to make an income that supports me, uh, going private practice and, and starting my own thing was a really big part of that. So if you are someone that's kind of thinking of doing something a little more alternative, um, I hope this helps. I hope this helps you normalize some of the things that you might be feeling, um, even if it's not something you can put into action right away. So First, I just want to talk about how this quote-unquote normal 40-hour work week, typically 9 to 5, is a really outdated system. Um, I don't necessarily think it ever worked, uh, but the principles in which it was established by are super outdated. So right when we think about people working, you know, in the... 1800s and before, right? We we know those were not good conditions. They were not safe conditions. People were working, you know, 100-hour work weeks. Um, it was just not okay, right? We don't want to go back to that time. We don't really look at that and say like, oh, that's what we should base our expectations off or anything. It, it was not healthy. It was unsafe. Um, it was bad. 
And in the middle to late 1800s, people started pushing, um, wanting an eight-hour workday, right? We know people were working super long, sometimes like, you know, 12, 15-hour workdays, things like that, which, yeah, sometimes we do still see, certainly. But that was, you know, more of the norm. So there was this push to an eight-hour workday. So kind of by the late 1800s, maybe early 1900s, that got put into effect, um, that the eight-hour workday is kind of the more normal thing. Um, But people were still working really long weeks, right? People were still working, you know, six to seven days a week if they were working. And it was kind of the mid-1900s that the 40-hour work week got put into law. Right, and this didn't necessarily mean that people couldn't work more than 40 hours, but it put some more protections in, some overtime pay in, and things like that. I'm sure that wasn't a perfect system. We, and right, I mean, that was so long ago, 1940. That was a really long time ago. Now it's 2022, as you are listening to this. Um, it kind of blows my mind that we are still operating under a norm from 1940, right? When we know our worlds have changed so much. Um, but my guess is it probably didn't work great then. And we see that it doesn't work great now, right? We see so many people are working more than 40 hour work weeks. And right, we we see this really unfortunate thing where a lot of time companies companies get kind of sneaky with things and they're like, oh, we're not going to give you quite 40-hour work weeks because then we've got to give you benefits. We're going to give you slightly under. So then people are working additional jobs and then, of course, they're working more than 40-hour work weeks and they're probably still not making enough money to live comfortably, which is just ugh, just something that makes me super frustrated. I'm sure it makes a lot of you frustrated, especially if you're living in that, right? It's, it's very frustrating. Um. But if we look at why this norm was okay at the time, families were so much different, right? Like the norm, not every family, of course, but what this 40-hour work week was based off of, this kind of ideal family, this nuclear family, you know, dad went out and worked his 40-hour work week. Mom stayed home, took care of the kids, took care of the cleaning, the errands, all of these different things. So this was based off of the expectation that families had one working parent and one parent that stayed home and did all of the homework, right? Um, Fortunately, that is not necessarily this um, limit that we feel we have to be in today, right? There's a lot more, not perfect, but a lot more equality and, you know, being able to make choices, women are able to work, um, all of these different things. But right, kind of what we see more often now is right, either an individual, right? Um, or someone who is not married, you know, and, and has these different kind of benefits that come with that. An individual that is working 40 or more hours a week. And then also having to do all of their errands, all of their household things. Maybe they have kids and they're also caring for them and doing all of this other stuff. Or if we have a dual parent or or a dual couple, um, it is both of them working full time. 
this American full-time, right? So there's not really this space where someone gets to, you know, do all of the household things. And if there's kids, take care of the kids and errands and do all of this other stuff that we have to do. A lot of us who are, you know, working these 40-hour work weeks can feel like there's just not enough time in the day to do all of these things because there literally isn't. And I want to add that like, oh my gosh, there's living to do outside of that, right? Like the way that I see it is the system really never worked, right? Especially when we look at um, the history of how workdays were even more intense and worse. And yes, we've seen them improve, but gosh, like the system of it is still really icky and broken um, in so many different ways. But we see that it doesn't work, right? I think a lot of us, I, I know at least myself, have this value that, hey, my life doesn't have to be my work, right? Like, gosh, my relationships are so important. Time for myself and my healing is important. Time to enjoy, like, going on walks or in, enjoying your hobbies or just sitting and relaxing like there needs to be time in our week for those things um and I think it's realistic to expect that yes as time goes on and we start to learn these things and research shows us how important these things are for us that we adapt these norms and and laws, right? So that there's more protection for people so people can get benefits and, and work more reasonable hours. Um, and, you know, from, from myself in my work with clients, oh, there's just so, so much of the time people are struggling with the limitations of a 40-hour work week or more, right? And it's really challenging, it makes it really hard to be healthy, physically healthy, mentally healthy, when your life is kind of revolving around your work. Um, I've kind of seen this change a little bit since the pandemic, right, where people are able to work from home and maybe have a little bit more flexibility, right? People don't have to like show up and kind of make it look like they're working even when they've already finished all their tasks because so, a lot of times people can finish their tasks in less time. I know it's also valid that a lot of workplaces just give tasks that cannot be completed in 40-hour work weeks, and that's a whole nother thing too. Um, but I know for some people that has shifted to feel a little bit more flexible and, and it's like, oh yeah, my work can be more efficient, I can get things done, and I can live my life outside of it. So some people get to have a little bit more of that. So I've kind of seen this difference of like, oh, like what joy that can bring to someone, what balance that can bring to someone. You know, I've noticed that flexibility makes it so much easier for people to come in and see me, right? I'm still virtually, but um, get to have their therapy appointments or their doctor's appointments or go to their kids' appointments, you know, all these different things. Um, that we need, right? There's so much of this stuff going on. And I think it, I think it's really kind of silly that we structure everything else to go around this nine to five, 40 hour work week that is rigid and inflexible. Um, you know, myself as a therapist, I used to struggle with that, right? So when I started doing therapy and, and all of this, I felt this expectation of feeling like I had to have all these evening 
time slots open or maybe felt pressured to even think about weekends, which I never went that route. But um, I worked a lot of evenings that I didn't like working. I don't do my best therapeutic work in the evening, but I felt that I had to kind of fit society's mold of, oh, hey, like everyone else has to work a nine to five. So I've got to work, you know, in the evening to accommodate for that. And, and that didn't work for me. That probably wasn't great for a lot of my clients that ended up seeing me in the evenings um, because I'm just not able to be as present at that time, right? That, those are not the hours that I work best. Um, slowly over time, I've kind of shifted back from that. I've also shifted how much I'm working, right? It's been many years in the making for me. Um, and I think that transition, it's normal for that to be challenging for people. So I'll share my experience, you know, maybe some of you can relate to it. Um, but yeah, like first, you know, when I was in grad school, that was, I think that was the time that I got my first full-time job, um, which fortunately this was at a school, so full-time wasn't quite 40 hours. It was a little bit less, but then I was also doing some PCA work on the side so that I was making enough money to support myself through grad school and take out as few loans as I could, which I still ended up having to take out a lot. That's, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast episode. Um, but yeah, I, I look back and I'm like, wow, how did I work? around 40 hours a week and go to grad school. Um, but at the time that felt really normal, right? At the time I wasn't feeling as uncomfortable about it or as angry about it. Um, I certainly was feeling uncomfortable, right? I didn't, I didn't have any time for much else, right? Like I think my friends who stuck through that with me and I didn't get to see them much at all um, because I was so busy with all of this other stuff, right? That the friends that I saw were like in my classes and, and maybe a little bit after class. Um, so that was a busy time, but it felt normal, right? I kind of had this mindset of, oh, hey, I'm being successful, right? All of my hours are booked. I'm doing the right thing. And then I graduate and, and then I enter this two-year licensure process where you're working all these hours. And for me, I was feeling this expectation of work evenings and <laughs> schedule that just didn't work great for me. And you're also studying for these, you know, a couple of different licensure tests, having lots of supervision every week, all of these extra pieces. So I was still kind of on this go, go, go mindset. Um, and it was a little more flexible than when I was in grad school, but it was still a lot. And I think after that, gosh, I remember as I was just finishing up my licensure process, I was feeling so burnt out. I mean, there were so many different times in that whole process that I was probably feeling burnt out, um, but I was just exhausted, right? Getting all those extra hours in for supervision and everything, it was just exhausting, Um and so I think it was after that, after I got licensed, I finally let myself take a breath. And then I started saying, you know, I can back off a little bit, right? I don't have to add extra client slots now that I have more time because I'm not having to study or do supervision all the time. Um, and I also started working on pulling back my evening slots. So once an evening client would wrap up, I would take that slot off my books and so I started slowly coming back. And, and I will say that transition was hard. I had to really unlearn these things that kind of were ingrained in me of like, oh, 
gosh, like, are you really such a worthy person if you're not working so much or different pieces? So that was a lot of personal work. So if, if you're in this process, I encourage you to like do that personal work, right? Do some journaling on it. Talk to your own therapist about it. Talk to your friends about it that are supportive in this process um, to unlearn some of these expectations that we hold for ourselves around what makes us feel worthy, right? A little reminder, if you follow me on Instagram, you see me say this all the time, but you are all inherently worthy, right? We humans, all of us beings, we are all worthy. We don't have to prove our worth. We just are worthy. Yes, we get to do things that connect us to our values and, and that gets to feel good. But baseline, you're worthy, right? Fully and inherently worthy. There's nothing that you can do that makes you more or less worthy. The only things that you can do just help you feel more or less connected to your values, right? And I don't know about you, but for me, um, yes, I have a lot of values within my work and, and what I do. And I know that for me, I am so much more connected with my values related to work when I'm not overworking myself, when I get to live outside of work and I get to heal outside of work and I get to be human outside of work. Oh gosh, I think I'm so much of a more effective therapist. I feel like I'm doing so much better work with my clients when I get to have a balance that works for me. Right. And you know, I'll, I'll put this out there because I know it was really helpful for me as, as a young therapist to hear, um, other people say, what their work week looked like because I think I had this expectation that all therapists are working you know seeing 30 clients a week and doing evenings and all of this stuff um so I'll just say because it was helpful for me when some people said like oh I only see 10 clients a week or, or something like that um my my average work week is probably around 20 hours um I don't think it it's pretty rare that it gets close to that 30 hour mark. You know, maybe if I'm doing some project I'm really excited about and feel good about, I'm working a little bit more, but most of the time it's around 20 hours and it's taken a lot of trial and error for me, but that feels really good. And, and yes, that has taken a lot of shifting and adjusting, right? Um, you know, that, that might be a different episode where I, I talk about that specifically for therapists that are doing this. Um, but I know not all of you are therapists or even <laughs> remotely close to that. You might have um, positions where you're doing some cool high-tech stuff or whatever. Um, so there's probably a lot of different ways that you can kind of explore this. Um, but I think it's worth it, right? If there's something within you that's calling like, ooh, I like, I need to shift out of this. I encourage you to start exploring. Um, unless you've got a big bucket of savings lined up and the financial pieces are totally okay, it might not be something that you just jump into tomorrow, right? It might be something that you really take some time to process and explore and then start to put some little pieces into work so that you can feel grounded as you're doing it, right? So that might take a long time. Um, but it can be worth exploring if it's something that's showing up for you. And, and yes, I'll kind of come back to the point that our system makes this really hard, right? I think, you know, we, we all need benefits, right? Insurance, you know, in our country, we, are, we all need insurance and, and work is the way to get that most affordably. 
Um, and, and that can be challenging, right? To even think about shifting away from the 40 hour work week when it's like, wait, the only job options that I get the benefits that I need include a 40 hour work week, right? So if that's you, if that's where you're at right now, just like validate that, like hold space for yourself with that. Um, your process might be exploring, Hey, like what other companies out there are a bit more flexible or are more supportive in this area? Um, my, my hope is that more companies are going to be shifting to more flexible work hours as long as you're, you know, getting a reasonable amount of things done, which, um, in my opinion, shouldn't have to be a 40 hour work week, but, Alas, we don't have full control over what companies are going to do, but my hope is that that begins to shift and that there begins to be some more options. I know that I'm starting to see that already, um, not in the amounts we need to see, but I know that those options are out there and, and we've seen, right? Like research has shown that these companies, right? Companies are able to offer, you know, four day work weeks, you know, maybe 30 hour work weeks or whatever, um, with great pay, great benefits, and they are more successful because most people, not everybody, but most people work more effectively, more efficiently when they get to be human outside of work, right? A lot of people that are working 40-hour work weeks are either just having too many tasks to get done in 40-hour work week, which is just uh, burnout central, or they're like, okay, I actually can get my work done in 30 hours, but I have to just show up and make it look like I'm working, even though I don't, I literally don't have any other tasks that I can do, right? And it's just like, oh gosh, you could be using that time for something so much more restorative that's going to help you in those hours that you need to work. Um, Again, unfortunately, we can't necessarily change that norm in our society, although I hope it changes. But my, my note there is if you are kind of in this position where it's like, okay, I still need to work within the system of some sort, um, or it might be long, a long time until I can shift out of that, start exploring what your options are, right? When you have the time and energy, because I know that's hard to find too. So be gentle with yourself in the process. And, and I think first and foremost, just validate your experience, right? I know that's something I really struggled with you know, as I started to ease back on my hours, feeling guilty, right? Feeling like I'm not being a good enough adult. I'm not being a functional adult if I can't do this kind of stuff. Um, And I want to just remind you that you are, right? There's nothing wrong with you if you are struggling with this system. In my perspective, it's just kind of a broken system, that's not healthy for most people. For some people, it's great. If that's you, wonderful. I'm not saying that something is bad if you enjoy kind of the the normal work week as it is. Um, But if you're struggling with it, I want to remind you that there's nothing wrong with you. That it's very human and and normal to struggle with it. So I will leave you with that. Um, Again, I'll have a new offering coming out later this month. If you are not subscribed to my newsletter, you can go to my website or, you know, to my Instagram. You'll find a link. Those, those links will all be in bio. Um, you can subscribe to my newsletter there. So I'll kind of notify you when those opening or when those new things are coming out. Um, 
and share some more about that. I think I'll have a new freebie coming out. So check that out too. So if you're on my subscriber list, you get access to all of my freebies that I have. And this year I'll be just adding some more things to that. So um, a note for that, I just send out, you know, usually it's just my one monthly newsletter. Um, very rarely, uh, if I have a new offering, I might send out an additional email, but I, I won't bombard you <laughs> with tons of emails or tons of marketing or anything like that. Um, so if you're not signed up yet and you want to be the first to know about these new things coming out, head over there, sign up for the newsletter. You can unsubscribe anytime. And yeah, I'll leave you with that. I hope you have a wonderful start to your new year. And I had a lovely time chatting with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.